This is a family matter, the casualties after the intergalactic battles this little child slept through. If life is a story, then mine is a saga. And we'll ride it long enough if they let you. This is a family matter, the casualties after the intergalactic battles this little child slept through. If life is a story, then mine is a saga. And we'll ride it long enough if they let you. And we'll ride it long enough if they let you. And we'll ride it long enough if they let you. Welcome back to Brian K. Pod. This is episode two, covering issue two of Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples' series, Saga, among other things. I am one of your hosts, Spencer. And I'm Logan. And this is the only podcast on the internet that we know of about Brian K. Vaughn, hosted by the two of us. So we hope you enjoy it. Every week our goal is to go over an issue of Saga. Our first episode was issue one. This is our second episode. We're going into issue two. We're going to give each issue of the series Saga its own podcast episode where we talk about the plot and the art and the stuff around it and anything that comes to our mind uh, that's Brian K. Vaughn related. Uh, Fiona Staples related, or just in general, just like uh, just comic book related. We'll see where the conversation takes us. We are going to take breaks between the uh, the kind of the graphic novel breaks, uh, the collected series. There, there's these breaks that are actually uh, highlighted in the big collected editions of Saga. But if you've got like a volume one, volume two, volume three, and ongoing with Saga, you can kind of know it. at the end of your graphic novel, we're going to take a break and then cover some other work of Brian K. Vaughn instead of like issue by issue, but in one episode, maybe we do a graphic novel maybe we do a whole series we haven't decided yet keep listening subscribe and that way you can find out what we decide what will they do what will we do logan (laughs) um i don't know but i feel like the the podcast numbering is going to get confusing and now i'm regretting possibly the way i did it (laughs) technically i guess this this is the third podcast just do the titling just you got to do titling Okay, yeah. Because as long as the episode right. is like preview episode or something, that's what really matters. Yeah. So technically right. episode three this week, but it's but it's episode two. It's number uh, two. Issue two. <laughs> you could call it issue two. That's what you should call it. It's a Ch- number two. <laughs> change all of our titlings. <laughs> change it, print it, you go to work. I just don't do any of that stuff. So it's very easy for me to boss you around. And that used to stress me out when I was on the other end of this. And it's very fun to do. <laughs> I get why y'all did it. <laughs> Um, um yeah it, it's it's not the most fun thing like figuring out the logistics of all that but i'm much better at it than when we first started which jesus was so long ago now <laughs> many many years ago before i had two kids so um so I, i've ever since reading issue two I wanted to talk to you because we talked a little bit about it in the when we talked about the first issue, but a, a big portion of this issue is really just talking about first, like those first few days as a parent, and I could not stop thinking about you, and I don't know that we ever really talked about it. Um, because it was such a like whirlwind when, when you guys had Ezra and like, I was going through something else. So we didn't really talk about what it was like when he was born for you guys. Yeah. It's funny reading the issue. I think we're going to have a, uh, a similar, uh, 
set of thoughts here, but my first thought was, how long are we going to read this that's just comparing it to my life? <laughs> Um, because, uh, if you listen to episode one or issue one or whatever, Logan has, uh, thoughtfully retitled it, um, that we talked about how, like, I just had a baby, our second child. I didn't have a baby. My wife had a baby. I also gained a child, um, but she had the baby. She did the work. Um, and, uh, in October, so this is recording in January, not that long ago. Um, and, um, it's uh, it's wild because that's our second child. And so, yeah, we've been through a lot of this stuff that they're talking about uh, very recently. So that's why that comes up. Anyway, yes, um, talking about. But, yeah, the, the big thing that I noticed uh, that's accurate to my experience is the uh, then come the gawkers line. <laughs> um but some of them are nice and bring food, I think is what they say. Um, it's a, And that was very funny to me because that is, especially with baby number two, most recent baby, um, with COVID, the gawkers are much more problematic and then therefore much more similar to what's happening in the book, if that makes sense. Like a character I'm sure we'll talk about specifically, but the stock showing up is like the mother, my mom. Not not my wife's mom. My mom with COVID, <laughs> trying to show up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so um, I think there is definitely some accuracy. That first week with Ezra was probably more close to, to this because I had a job. Um, I still work for the same company, but that had a very strict attendance policy. So I could only miss um, 16 hours in the first, gosh, four months of that job. Um, and I started that job eight days before Ezra was born. So do the math. I can only miss two days. So I missed the day he was born and then I was back to work the next day. So not only was like Katie in the hospital, my mother-in-law was here. Ezra was born. I'm going to work. I'm sleeping in the hospital. I'm going to work and I'm coming right back to the hospital and like, or, and then trying to organize the gawkers and trying to get home and then trying to be helpful at home and also learning a whole new job. That to me, so it's funny, right, right now there's, there's similarities because of COVID that become kind of funny with some of the bad guy stuff. Um, but, but really, this time around was much simpler because you can't have as many of the gawkers. And so you're kind of left alone. Um, and I had the time off. Um, but the first time, uh, I would say, was definitely running through the never-ending forest. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and just the... It's like uh, having never been a parent, I do feel like he does capture something with the, like, uh, I think he says something, <clears throat> or Hazel narrates something to the effect of her dad had been awake for 65 of her first 72 hours, oh, and yeah. her mom hadn't slept at all. <laughs> yeah. So, um. But yeah, I I was fascinated by all of that. I honestly didn't remember it uh, that well, even though I've read this through three or four times. Um, but it actually doesn't start with them in the forest. It starts with us getting a better, uh, well, not a better introduction, but get to know a little bit more about the will, um, calling his agent and finding out that... Uh, the stalk who we hadn't met at that time was also on the case. And apparently the stalk is so vicious and thorough that the will's just like, F it, I'm going to go run up this credit card with some hookers because if the stalk is on the case, they're as good as dead. 
and then also there's like the whole thing there's some sort of beef right so um let's see I other than the fact that i never want to see that asshole's face again so like they also have some sort of beef and so your your uh your idea of who the stalk is mm-hmm. uh, is not you're like oh this is gonna be like some badass dude right <laughs> like it's playing again with that that gender like flip-flop you know like putting an the, idea the expectations in yeah and going oh no this is a badass chick <laughs> So this is this brings into my last week we discussed the partnerships that that Vaughn has with his artist on his his series that he, is especially sort of his creator owned but his his longer running series and that's a, a there he, there's clearly a, a creative partnership that that goes beyond um, sort of commissioning of work to match the words that that makes sense like there's nothing this A to B is that going on it's very in depth so I did some looking uh, or, or listening I should say to some interviews with Fiona Staples um, and one thing as I said I would last week and, and one thing that I found very interesting um, that she talks about is that um, she early in her her working life she worked at a comic book store um and she uh found that and and went in not knowing a lot about the industry and sort of the makeup of it and what is mainstream and what isn't main like she couldn't based on the way she said it it was kind of like i knew a very rudimentary amount and then i get in and i learned so much and about what exists and what the audience is for certain things but specifically who things are written uh, four and and she said and she was talking to the idea that mainstream comic books and she didn't like like call out anybody or any book um but but mainstream comics which i interpreted as like superhero books right like marvel and dc batman x-men things like that um that they are written for a very like specific niche audience whereas so many other things are are could or could be there for a broader spectrum of, of people to to enjoy um so that's something that going into saga she was excited to explore is this idea that like anybody can read our book we're not we don't have to write for the guys who know 50 years of x-men history not that's and again nothing wrong with that that's you right you have every x-men comic book logan like that's a, a a fun fact about you and and like that's not an exaggeration that's a thing you have accomplished over time um and it's so nothing nothing wrong with that at all but what she's saying is that we don't have to write to those expectations right right and so that's what the stock and what you're speaking to and i'll probably reference her interview a few more times in this in this conversation but specifically with the stock i feel like i can go a to b like she says this statement and she has this thought and there it is at work where of course and it, and it plays with our expectations as people with those those niche like uh, experiences or those niche uh, viewpoints and then we're like oh wow i didn't see that coming and it's fun for us because we also have like a broader openness to, to different perspectives so it's like i told they totally played me but it's also yeah. really cool <laughs> um and the stock is one of my favorite ancillary anc- ancillary characters i do know how to speak um <clears throat> But she is, uh, I don't know, I love the introduction. I love her kind of standoff and, uh, you know, kind of bafflement at, like, you're going to shoot your own child to avoid her, like, being taken. Mm -hmm. And then we get the, uh, 
What do they call them? It's it's the ghosts of the forest. I always forget what they call the horrors. The horrors. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she she says they are very much real. She saw them do something horrible, rip a man's spine out through his urethra. And That's she's it. like, That's yep. not an exaggeration. I saw that. And is so scared that she then just leaves. <laughs> And it's it's so good, like everything about it. And it also like it, when you see her, uh, we're jumping to the stock, but so so when when you see her though in that full page spread, she immediately is like something out of a horror movie. Yes. She's got eight red eyes, and and we also have been there's so many good plays on expectations. So the stock we expect to be based on our our reading experience, this like burly, bigger than the will kind of tough guy, um, and and then it's uh, instead it's a a. Uh, statuesque, literally, because when you see her, she's got a, a, the, a skirt on, but and she has no arms. She's nude from the waist up and no arms, um, and very pale, like a marble statue. Um, so the total opposite, right? And then she's got eight eyes that are red, and we've been seeing these red eyes in the forest, like these like um, these like very ominous, like creepy red eyes. And my mind immediately the first time and this second time coming around because I have totally erased the horrors from my memory until I saw them. I was like, Oh yeah, I remember them, but I had no idea. Like if, as I'm reading issue two uh, this time. Um, and, and so the red eyes are there. So I'm like, Oh God, that, like that's the creepy thing that we've been seeing kind of in the background and the black, everything is, is like the total subversion of what I was expecting. But also that red eye thing sort of leads into subverting that to the horrors being something totally different at the end. So it's, yeah. it's a really good, but it doesn't feel like it's rug pulley. It's not a joke. It's just really good um, storytelling, truthfully. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, I was, I was going to say that as well. Like, so the, uh, the stock is uh, subverts your expectations. And you were like, Oh shit, she's scared of the horrors. These must be like just awful, like creatures. And then you see them and it's, I mean, it sounds so awful to just put it so bluntly. It's, it's the ghosts of dead children. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it looks like the, uh, the runaways got put through the blender. Yeah. And, like that is horrible, but in a completely different way than you expected. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you've got like uh, so. I'm, we've jumped to the the final page of the issue, um, but but we've got like the the one who speaks who says, "Looks like you could use a hand." Um, it's it's a, a female, and like her she her waist down is gone, and her entrails are like hanging, floating in midair, hanging down. And you've got like one child who's like half her skull is cut off or bashed off, really, because it's not smooth or anything, and like one's missing a, a whole eyeball and uh, bullet holes in them. It's like this is uh, it, it, it's innocence totally destroyed that's the horrors and so um that's really it's a cool visual because it's honestly nothing like what i expected but then you see the red eyes around them and you realize oh these are the horrors it wasn't it wasn't the stalk and this red kind of glowy color to them um it's very cool it's all like this whole issue like you and and i feel like the series is going to keep doing this to us but everywhere i think i know what's about to happen and how it's or specifically how it just goes a different direction but it all makes sense yeah uh, he he is excellent at that specific kind of thing um and for an issue that this is going to sound like i'm bashing it for an issue where nothing happens like nothing happens well, we get to see an agent who's a seahorse hanging out on a beach. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, 
it is all just moving a story along. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no action. There's no. Uh, I mean, the closest you get to action is the showdown with the the stalk, like, and uh, she wounds Marco. <clears throat> and that's not really that action packed. <laughs> you know, Marco kind of lays his sword down and then gets right up in her face. Like, what is wrong with this dude? <laughs> well, we also, um, well, I, I don't think I'm, I think I'm jumping ahead actually. Um, so, but I'm going to do it anyway. We also get hints about Marco's past from the stock, which we are do. very, yeah. very intriguing. And I don't, don't, I, my, I love that I don't remember what I've read in Saga because I have a vague thought that maybe we find that stuff out sooner rather than later. But I love the ominous. This guy has like this whole like sacred oath to not, you know, pick up his sword in violence. And but maybe he ne- he didn't at a time and he was really good at picking up his sword in violence. Very intrigued by that. Yeah, um, we do get to see him use magic. So, which is, I guess we saw a little bit of that in the the first issue, but it happened so fast. And, and this, they're they're kind of snared by these uh, trees that are straight out of like Evil Dead. Um, <laughs> yes, very um, very touchy feely trees. And uh, Marco says, "Tell me a secret." And uh, <laughs> she says something like, "I'm not as tall as I tell people." It's like, I don't think you know what a secret is. I do love him yelling at her. Like, do I have to explain to you what a secret is? Like, so good uh, in this moment of tension. I love that they can they can bicker. Um, I, I think a couple that um, that cannot have conflict, even in humor, um, but cannot have conflict is not, it has a bigger problem that you can't see. Um, yeah. And so I like that it makes me buy into them as a couple more when they bicker, truthfully. Yeah. Uh, absolutely um and then her secret is um that she likes the taste of her own breast milk and then and then she found out because because the baby uh (laughs) hazel threw up in her or spit up in her mouth and that is that's hysterical so that that is not something so comparing notes to my life we have been very fortunate not to have uh babies that spit up in a projectile fashion and so, but that is a very real problem out there in the world. So if you're a parent listening to this and have experienced that, I feel for you and uh, thoughts and prayers, because that sounds awful. But, but I've, we have, I've we never have. had my mouth spit up into, but having so many nieces and nephews, I have been spit up on and peed on and pooped on. And so, yeah, um, that sucks. But I can't imagine like in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Um, I'm a part of a Reddit board that's just sort of supportive parents kind of thing, and you hear the horror stories, and I'm and I, I I'm sure I have my own version of them because they're only horror stories to me because they're not my kids and it doesn't happen to me, you know. And so I'm sure I have my own that other people would say that too, but I don't I don't have the spit up, which I'm grateful for, and and the saga makes me more grateful for my kids. <laughs> um. um let me let me ask you something. I want to go back to the first page and the third page and just mention something. I don't know if it's even a question. Just see what your thoughts are. Um, okay. So the opening is a big splash of the Will's ship, which kind of looks like an acorn with guns attached to it, um, shooting at some red rocks uh, or red something solid and red in space. Um, and then the his agent is telling him or asking, like, what's he up to? And he says he's cutting through the red band. Um, 
and then uh, by the end of the conversation, when he's saying, oh, the stock's got it, I'm not dealing with it, he's no longer shooting and he's flying away from these red rocks. So I really picture him like shooting through maybe an asteroid field, but really some sort of impediment in space. And he's the kind of guy who's just going to just shoot his way through it to not take as long to get somewhere. And I feel like that says a lot about potentially his personality. Um, and And I think that's interesting, but I also think that like, the creativity of saying, hey, even if it is an asteroid belt, because it could be, it's just hard to tell what he's broken apart off of this or not. But the idea that he's going to shoot his way through the closest uh, the, or the fastest route is right between two points is a straight line. And the will is just going to make his own straight line. And I think that that says something about his character. And I, I really like that in these like literally two frames, one of them is a whole page, but in two frames, I feel like I learned more about the will. I think that's really cool. Did you notice? Did it mean, did you think about it? Anything like that when you saw it? Not at all. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was really into it. I have no idea why I was like totally like, what is he doing? What is the red band? What is it? What is it? But more than anything else, I just liked his like, I'm going to shoot my way <laughs> to where I'm yeah, going. Like I'm not going to go around. I'm going to, I'm going to go through. And I, I think you're right. He is, um, he is that kind of character. I think you're right. It does say a lot about him, but then also knowing that, Oh, Hey, this uh, this other freelancer is on the case and like i'm not even gonna bother like he will go through instead of around but he also is not going to uh do anything that he feels like would waste his time so yeah, yeah um and, and it doesn't matter. And he's not tempted. He's practical enough to not be tempted because his agent says this could be enough for you to retire on. Right. Um, and so he's not tempted by that. I like that. That's usually they are. These, this figure usually is. And that's what gets them into trouble. Um, and so that's very <laughs> intriguing to me. And I can't tell. I honestly, because I because I don't know if I even got very far with this character in my initial read, but I'm excited to find out if we've got someone who has a strong moral code um, or someone who just is just be practical to a fault. Why, like the, what keeps this guy in the story? Like that's I'm very intrigued by seeing what keeps the will around. Um, yeah, all I, all I can say is you won't be disappointed. <laughs> that's awesome. I like that. Um, um, maybe it's I a know, whole mini series on sextillion. <laughs> um, the 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 sextillion. I it sounds so awkward to say I'm excited for that part of the story, but it brings so much more into it yeah. and adds so much more to the character of the will. So I, I'm excited for us to read that. Which if it's not next year, it's, it's in the next few issues. Okay. Um, the only other thing in the issue is uh, the brief interaction with Prince Robot, mm -hmm. which I don't know adds much to his character, but it does add some to the backstory of uh, our uh, young married couple and that she was reading. She was a avid reader, which we actually talked about before we started recording. Well, It'll be stay past the the music. You'll hear some extra stuff, but we were talking about reading and how important it is. And like Prince Robot gets so angry when he finds out that she was an avid reader. Like that that uh, I don't well, know. I think that face? speaks to that world, right? What's his face? Right, his face is a TV. 
Right. And and so I like the idea that uh, a I love the the element of it being a picture of someone else being angry is how he shows his angry face. Like it's like a scene or something. It's right. like us sharing gifts to to express things. Um, but but he's a dude with a TV face, and he doesn't like reading. <laughs> It's just, it's a good, it's a good, uh, I like that. I just like that little element. It's very smart. Yeah, it is a nice way to, uh, it's funny and it's, you know, kind of poignant and it it does speak to that world. And and, I mean, honestly, to any world, um, I, I don't think it's saying too much to say the fact that she read books is a very big part of this story. Well, I will say that this is uh, this is the one specific element for whatever reason I really remember is what seed is being planted here. Um, and I will say that um, I really think it's a, an elegant use of sort of its its plot. You know, Prince Robot is is here, and Prince Robot is is looking around um, and starting the investigation, um, but the the kernel of of truth or, or plot stuff is all in this conversation and we could probably spend a few more minutes talking about how funny it is and how angry he got but we also just got a huge seed um for uh for for the future and and to do that within i'm i as we podcast, usually I'm going to have my book in my hand just to sort of go back through it, but it is three pages, right? And I think this is, uh, from my memory, from the time I read, this is one of the biggest plot seeds planted in three pages, which can truly just be focused on the idea that Prince Robot's there and gets angry with the TV face. <laughs> like, like that's all you could really read into it. And it's so good uh, because in life, uh, because in true interactions, um, your plot isn't like the camera panning in and being like, oh, your boss said this one thing, so you know that we're firing so-and-so tomorrow. Like, there's no, you don't see that. You just have conversations and things happen and things get stuck in your head and then life continues and then more stuff happens. And and it's a great way to uh, to, to kind of have drama unfold uh, entertainingly, but plant those seeds in a more realistic a realistically paced way it's really cool what he's doing in this book. yeah I, I i completely agree and i don't know that i i it ever really hit me um that uh prince robot was angry about the fact that she was reading uh-huh. um until i just reread it yesterday and i was like oh yeah he he's he's mad and it just speaks to so much of like how reading can change things which sounds probably really simplistic but you know reading someone else's uh story can give you a different perspective and you know the less uh really it's knowledge and the less you have the easier you are to fool and that's what this is all that's what this war was all about you know was just you know fooling people into picking a side and I mean and not to get but I feel like it's it's so relevant right now it, it will always be relevant but like this is what we're going through right now like yeah you know people not you know educating themselves and then 
you know, just picking a side and, you know, fighting with each other. And it's like, just, just read, just read and, something. And we say all this, right? And I agree with what you're saying. So you say all this and I agree with you. So I give us the we, um, but we say all this and, and what she is reading are romance novels, right? Or what, what, or that's the appearance it is. And there's no, ju- I mean, like there seems to be judgment from the character, but what I would say is that the point of reading uh, is not necessarily even what you're reading, right? It's just right. read because you open yourself up to other worlds, like you said, but it's by reading, you're in the brain of someone else who is creating these worlds and, and experiences and brains of other people, uh, imaginary people. So you're just in within thoughts within thoughts that are not your own, that you did not create, and that expands your your vocabulary in some way. I have a I had a high school teacher who secretly wrote romance novels and paid off all of her student debt that way. And she never would tell us I wish I wish I could like maybe I should look her up and be like, hey, would you <laughs> tell me now? I'm 34. It doesn't matter. And you can get the two bucks or whatever off me buying your book. Um but but you know, so but when you so you read and you see this lady who is a high school teacher, like if you read her romance novels, whatever they are, however smutty they may or may not be, um, you're you're getting a peek and a, and you're touching a world. When I was in high school, like you're 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 somehow connected to me in a in a Georgia high school. And if you're listening to this, you might be in California or in Canada or somewhere like England. If Marie checks us out, she always checks us out. You and you may have now this tenuous thing. To, to to me back then if you read that one romance novel and it's it's this weird way the world is connected and and of course we talked this is on a universe a galaxy scale but it's the same and and so I, I like that I hope and my memory doesn't actually betray this but I hope that uh, that the romance novel thing sticks to a degree um, and and it is still kind of just saying it's not about what you read it's just about reading and being connected yeah. through um, art. Yeah, I'm excited for when those seeds start to to pay off, which um, isn't for a while. So, yeah. uh, you know, you'll just all have to to bear with us. We'll we'll come back to this conversation because the story does ramp up um, quite. I mean, they're on the run for their lives, so that's it's going to be a large portion of the 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 focus in the early issues. So. <laughs> So to get into the plot a little bit further, because there's one element we've missed or, or, or a couple pages here that we haven't really talked about, but I wanted to just mention uh, when we when we leave this issue, Marco is also down for the count. The stalk did like penetrate him with her creepy spike tongue in the in like sort of near his chest uh, shoulder area, and he's down. Um, and then we also see the stalk uh, lift up her dress uh, or her skirt. <laughs> And reveal a very scary image of many arms and hands and weapons. And she's kind of like a, a spidery thing with that same kind of porcelain skin color. It's very creepy. But I also love that it's like the first picture is this sort of um, feminine, beauty, creepy, gothic uh, image. And then she lifts up her, her skirt and it is all horror. <laughs> <laughs> and I love, I love that sort of balance between the design of the character as we're introduced to her, and then the reveal. And she's also like holding a shotgun and a knife and another gun and like an axe and then some other weapon that I don't recognize, but looks like it would hurt if she hit you with it. And then like it just, all oh, that was so good. Um, 
and and I and I hope and I don't know, but I hope we see the stock again because it's a, such a cool design. But also, I love that she turned tail and ran because she was also practical, like the will. And maybe that's a trait of the freelancers. I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's it's weird because we were talking about Stephen King uh, before we got into the the podcast proper, and it from the jump like the first time i read this it reminded me of his book it um which semi spoilers for that book um but i mean at at this point like the big bad at the end of the story is a giant spider Mm -hmm. and like I, i am kind of terrified of spiders um but like when it across that book when you're building all that up like all of that evil to turn out to be a spider, like it, it does feel like kind of a letdown. But then reading this, I'm just like, I don't know. Like if it was that that spider lady <laughs> was weapons, I might I might have been way more terrified. <laughs> well, and I think that there's also like an element. There's such a primal thing about like the spider or the snake. Um, my son would tell you the bear. <laughs> <laughs> but like there's certain things I think Stephen Colbert would agree with him if I recall. Um, but there are certain things that like are just elementally frightening. A bat is one uh, to a degree. I think we've Batman sort of, I don't know. I think we've gotten used to the bat to a, a more degree, but one gets in your I house. It's going to be scary. <laughs> our, our current situation has <laughs> definitely made me more wary of bats. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and so, and so, like I, I, I like that. Like it's just very elemental. Very uh, as we talked, I think last week or not. I, I know last week uh, about elemental storytelling choices. Uh, Stephen King uh, and uh, and Vaughn here with the design, and and Fiona Staples here with the design of the stock. It's all elemental horror, right? At our core, most everybody's afraid of a poisonous spider, right? Even if you can't, if you don't want to add the word poisonous a lot of people are afraid of spiders my fear is can that one kill me <laughs> like <Yep. laughs> is that looks kind of brown is it a brown recluse am i dead now and so or you get that bite i don't know if you've ever had uh like a bite that you can't you don't know where it came from and yes. you know it's not a mosquito bite and you're like oh my god this I'm is when die. i go <laughs> yep <laughs> and so so there's something very elemental and and human and that fear and so king plays on that all the time and what i have read and and um and i know that just in my general knowledge of him i'm no expert um but but this here in the design it's totally it's such an elemental fear um and i love how it's played with by being this kind of weird statuesque like feminine thing that is like all fear underneath that dress yep (laughs) i'm just i'm still like marco like I hope that because uh, I don't think it's it's anything to say he doesn't die here. Um, like there's no, it's only issue two. We're not dealing with the death of a father. Um, but like when he wakes up, like I just hope she's like, "What the hell, dude? <laughs> like <laughs> you threw down your sword and you walked up to it. <laughs> so Come funny. on, man, you're a father now. You have to at least be." cautious like i can't i don't want to raise this child by myself you literally put your sword down and then walked up to it to let it try to kill you 
Well, he's extremely tired, and we know that for sure. And I yeah. would be- I would believe that. I've definitely done some dumb things and exhaustion, or let's say impractical things, uh, out of pure exhaustion. Um, and uh, so, no, I, I, I'm with you. Though. It's the funny is there, but I, I do believe that like, I kind of get it. He's just tired and trying to make the best out of a bad situation. Um, poor Mark, I mean. Oh, man. Um, okay, so let's see. So we, that's, that's, that's basically the issue. I wanted to bring up a couple of things that uh, from that interview. Um, okay. Uh, what I thought was fascinating uh, that Staples was saying, um, two things. The first is they have a survey they do annually um, in the uh, single issues of Saga. I had no idea because I've never read the single issues month to month. I only own three issues – or excuse me. I sold one, sadly. Rest in peace. Um, but um, I have two issues, and neither one of them are like the year-end issues. But in the year-end issue, um, they put out a survey to their audience um, to gauge different things. And and, to, and some of the questions are funny. So so one, I've got the survey from, from what it looks like 2014, 2015. So I'm going to yeah. ask you some questions. It's, it's actually in the – if you have the single issue of number two – it's in the letters page of that issue. Oh, they do it on that. Okay, cool. So I've never even opened that issue. So I will have to, I'm going to go look at it in a little bit. I wonder if the questions have changed. It sounds like they might. Um, do you have the issue in front of you? I do. Oh, okay. So is question three, have you ever personally ignited a road flare? Nope. <laughs> okay. okay. So that's, I got the impression it was different um, each time. So, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, so there's that. So we'll come back to that in just a second. I think we can have some fun with this. Um, but um, the, the the more important thing that, that she said in relation to what we're talking about, about gender and expectations and storytelling expectations within this series, um, is that at the time, and this was an interview from uh, 2014, I believe, um, at the time uh, was that she was saying that their audience – based on the surveys was around 40% female and they expected those numbers were a little bit higher. Um, so she kind of feels that it's about half back then. Um, so they're writing to an audience that they know is, is, is most likely split 50, 50 male and female, or, you know, some smaller mountain then somewhere in the middle with, with, uh, you know, someone to find a different direction, uh, or a different way. Um, but so that's pretty cool. Like they know our audience is not, the dude bro necessarily our audience is all the people right um and and that's really interesting to me and so i plan to look in to see if i can find what i'd like to do honestly is find more um of the survey issues and and you may do you have yes okay we may have them all digitally so we can as we get to them we can just do the surveys if you'd like well, what I would like to I would like to see if you wouldn't mind at some point looking through the surveys and see if you can find the most recent one and see if they talk about the um, the gender um, uh, like the 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 what the divide is. So the 2014 one, 50 um, percent uh, of the of the audience was um, was female. Um, Oh, and then uh, 47% identified as male and 3% identified more uniquely. Um, and so um, 
and 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 by that they have like uh, trans woman, trans man, non-binary, um, and and genderless, genderqueer, male but female for video games, which was someone what someone put for their uh, gender, uh, and then DFAB, which I don't know what that means. Um, I'll have to look that. Uh, oh, it looks like that goes with the non-binary. Non okay, non-binary DFAB. So anyway, my point being, like this is like a, a widespread of people. Everyone, uh, gender doesn't really predict uh, whether or not you're going to like Saga, but they know their audience is so diverse that they – it, you're writing to your audience to a degree, and 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 I don't know what degree, but I I, I wouldn't think he's pandering ever. He never feels like a pandering writer. Um, but I think it's fascinating just to know the mix. I would love to know these kind of numbers for other series that I like, uh, yeah. and series that I don't like. You know, I'd be so curious to hear. Yeah, it, it's I do. Uh, one of the things he does uh, specifically with this series is create a very uh open conversation around it like with the letters column obviously issue two they don't have any letters um but he does uh kind of foster that that kind of let's talk about things but also let's not be super serious about things i'm i'm reading these questions i would love to read them off to you yeah, no, so, but real quick, I just want to, I want you to, and so I just want to say something out of, just to be uh, totally respectful, because um, I, I like to think that our, if we if we have an audience, I like to think it might end up being as diverse as the readership of Saga, right? Saga fans listening to Saga podcasts that we should potentially have uh, a mix, and so I want to, to be respectful and say, I, I googled it, um, and I did not know, um, so non-binary non and the DFAB, uh, as the DFAB stands for designated female at birth and so they have dmab and things like that so I, I just wanted to just clarify that because i didn't want that to be a flippant thing i sort of <laughs> cruised past so i googled it and there you go so now we know and i feel uh like i am better informed today um and that's great so yes logan by all means uh hit me with a question uh, one of these specifically i think might ruin your life so okay. <laughs> so the first one is how old are you 34 42 about to be 43 where are you from uh, uh georgia let's say georgia atlanta georgia columbus georgia somewhere like that yeah same uh what are you reading these days saga duh <laughs> right <laughs> uh do you buy your books from a retailer or online site all of the above kind of, yeah kind of just wherever i <laughs> like like sex it's just wherever i can get it <laughs> well so so no like i, I just uh I, so i do let's 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 mark it out because i think we're very similar so i have um I have my local comic book shop, which you also have. Um, I definitely, um, I try not to as much for books, um, but I have a Kindle, so I, some of my digital books come from uh, Amazon. Um, we have InStockTrades.com, a website you turned me on to with great deals on uh, graphic novels uh, and trade paperbacks and hardbacks. Um, and then we have uh, used bookstores like McKay's, which is mm -hmm. like our pilgrim, pilgrimage place. I go to Second and Charles. Um, and so, um, and occasionally, and not occasionally, I would say um, probably like every fifth hardback I will just get from Barnes & Noble to support my local Barnes & Noble outside of when the Criterion sale happens. Um, yeah. And so I try to get a hardback or, or some sort of book from them. Um, occasionally when I know I just want to get something, I know what I'm getting, I'll just be like, I'm just going to run over there and give them my money and and come back because I like having a, a, a bookstore in town. So we're like, that's like, I would say you and I are probably very, very similar. Um, 100%. 
Yeah, and I so, don't frequent the Barnes and Noble probably as much as I should. I do try to keep an eye out for their online sales because yes. they'll throw the the hardcovers like buy one get one fifty percent off or something online. Yes. And I, I bought, actually that's how I got the first two uh, like big hardcovers of Saga was I think it was either buy one get one or buy one get one half off. Okay. So, yeah, no, no, I'm I'm similar. Absolutely. I get their emails. I have the membership, the whole deal. So, so yeah, so we're, I, I just say all that to say there's actually a bookshop uh, downtown uh, in Chattanooga that's on the river. It's like a tiny place. And when I got my stimulus check, I just went and dropped like $600 there. And so <laughs> I was just like, cause like it's very mom and pop and I would hate to lose that place, but it's like a yeah. bookstore and a record shop, like small little thing. Um, and so I just went in and was like, just like, give me all the new things I've been wanting to read and the old things I've been wanting to read. Um, and so, um, all that, I think that I would love if we are known at all for what we're doing besides really liking Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples work here on saga. I hope that like, we can be like, Hey, we said like, uh, go support your local bookstore. Like that's a good, this support all yeah. the bookstores. hundred percent. Go buy books. There um, you go. So question five, and he even says, this is important. Who would win in a fight Hulk or Rorschach? I mean, I th- I'd say, well, <laughs> so here's the eternal comic book debate. Okay, Hulk with Bruce Banner conscience, Rorschach would win. Hulk just like Planet Hulk, Hulk, Hulk would win. Yeah, I it's agree. Just, I think the Rorschach's gonna live. Like you know what I mean? Like he's gonna survive, and Bruce isn't gonna murder. And yep. Planet Hulk is gonna murder. Yep. So that that's I, kind of where I fall. I completely agree. Um, question six: If a member of the Saga creative team were on the run from any authorities. Might he or she be able to crash on your couch for a bit? Um, they have to do the podcast. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yes, but you gotta do the podcast. Uh, question seven: What is the worst recreational drug? As someone who has not done anything except one specific recreational drug, um, unless you count sugar, in which case I will say sugar. <laughs> huh. Yeah. If so, I, I was. I, wasn't thinking it had to be something we've done because I think that our experiences is relatively vanilla um, compared to the world's um, or to many in the world's. Uh, I would say I would agree with you based on my experience. And if you take it further out, I'm going to go with heroin is the worst. Yeah, that, that's pretty, pretty bad. Um, why won't more <laughs> question eight? Why won't more people accept the fact that Haywire is Steven Soderbergh's best film? It's a great movie. The only problem <laughs> is the star of it now. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's that's. I was so excited for her to come into to, to Mandalorian and then all the stuff, and it's just like, just we don't have to. We just be nice to each other. <laughs> yeah, just don't. Like, but yeah, it's a great movie. It's Channing Tatum's great. Fassbender's great. There's some cool fights. His best great. movie though. I mean, no, but it's very good. His yeah. best. It here's the thing, though. If you like a certain type of movie, and I do like that kind of movie, like it's a really high up there Steven Soderbergh film for me. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think he'd made Logan Lucky by then, so I'm giving it to Logan Lucky. Okay, I appreciate that. That's such a good movie. <laughs> I still haven't seen it. It's got my name in it, and I haven't seen it. Um. So, question nine: What is your second? greatest regret in life giving up on those piano lessons question mark i would say not learning to play an instrument for sure is my second greatest regret 
I literally all my regrets just revolve around being nicer to people <laughs> that I don't talk to anymore. Um, <laughs> You're so, like one of the nicest people I know. So that's a weird regret for you to have. <laughs> you grow into things. And so you, it's very nice of you to say, but you grow into things. And I, I recognize the faults in some of my relationships, both like romantic and, and just personal and, and family stuff. And so, yeah, maybe a couple, I just, I don't know. I also don't live in the regret field. I have a very hard time with the regret thing. Like I just don't, I regret that I don't have more regrets. How about that? (laughs) I mean, that's good. Um, Maybe my second should be that I have so many regrets. (laughs) I, I told my wife once because there was like a path where like film school was in my future and stuff. And like, I, and that was a thing like, do I regret that? And honestly, like until I had my life I have now, I probably did regret those things. But then I, and having kids really was like, yeah, no, any literally any other change would mean I don't have these kids or yeah. maybe any kids. And so um, and my kids are I love my kids. So, it, yeah, it's I, the the uh, what's the movie with uh, Donald Gleason and uh, about time? Yes, about yeah. time. Yeah. Yep. So, so yeah, so like I, I, I would, if the biggest thing I, th- and I think that's why I bring up relationships because if, uh, if I bumped into somebody or had a chance to have a conversation, I would, I would say some things to, uh, to apologize and I would feel good about that. I would like to take that action. Um, but it's also one of those things where you don't reach out to people who feel wronged by you after a certain point, uh, if you've already tried, because it's just not, they, they maybe moved on and you need to let them move on from you. And so, um, so I, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Good All question, right. though. So question 10, uh, I should preface this by saying uh, at this point in time, Vaughn had uh, uh, one of his eyes had like, I guess something had ruptured and he had to wear an eye patch. So he looks very Nick Fury, but n- not black. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, there's a picture of him uh, in the issue. Um and he signs it special agent bald patch. Um, <laughs> but uh, he said, what's wrong with my eye? I, I don't know. I'm assuming at some point he he goes to the doctor and they figure it out because he's not still wearing an eye patch. Um, question 11. You, you may know this. You've been a few times. What is the only truly excellent Mexican restaurant in New York City? You know, I that's the one food I've only eaten once there. Um, and it was a place kind of by the Flatiron building and that had spicy vegan tacos i remember that and they were really good because uh, we were just curious what that would be <laughs> when we got it um but um but no i don't i always like eat pizza and other stuff when i'm in uh new york very very touristy you don't you don't have time if you're not there very long to to venture out um and so i've either had like really nice restaurants that just were like close to our hotel um or pizza <laughs> so um and, and some pastries and things like that but no no mexican for me no answer yeah, I, I don't have. I went once for a few days. We did not eat Mexican food. So, um, question 12, and I know you know this about the character, but this wording kind of like, I feel like it's going to just ruin things for you. So I apologize. Um, Ian Fleming once wrote that James Bond liked sex best when it had that sweet tang of rape. Does this change the way you feel about the character and our life on this planet? <laughs> not the second one, not life on this planet. That seems to be the nature of this planet, right? Um, yep. In a terrible way. Not like I say that flip because it's like, what the hell? 
Um, but uh, no, I've I've read I've read some actual like the actual Ian Fleming James Bond books, and it's like all there. Um, it's one of the things that um, and Skyfall, I think it is. They knock Daniel Craig's character, char- they knock James Bond, and the choice to have him basically like force himself on Monica Bellucci, and I'm like, like no, like. That's kind of what he does. Like, if you see if you see a woman who you're like, gosh, I would do anything to be with her. Can I like give her money and jewels or do anything to woo her? He's like, he feels the same way, but he just does a terrible thing, or just like like and just kind of who he is. Then and the the fun of James Bond uh, movies is that they're very silly and full of uh, silly action and, and intrigue and and people being cool and terrible at the same time. Um, but no, it doesn't change anything. It just is the nature of the beast. Um, Ian Fleming probably also really wished he was cooler. So yeah, um, I I don't have a ton of like fondness for James Bond. Sure. Some movies are just what they are, and I enjoy them for the most part for what they are um but it just it doesn't hit anything for me because i'm just like they never made another one i probably would be like oh yeah what happened to james bond (laughs) um 13 if you had to permanently give up either chocolate or cheese and all of their infinite varieties which would you choose i'm probably gonna choose chocolate for two reasons one because then i'd probably lose weight um and two because i wouldn't be able to eat with my wife if we didn't have cheese in our life yeah i mean it's got to be chocolate man like there's other sweets in the world yeah um there is nothing like cheese and there's so many kinds of cheese and I'll like, be honest, man, I've had some vegan cheese and it's there. There's some good vegan cheese, but it, nothing comes to like the richness of like real good, real cheese. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, Question 14. When was the last time you watched a stage play and what was it? In person, I'm, I actually have an answer. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, I took my kid on a field trip to see uh, you're a good man, Charlie Brown, back in December at the, like the local theater. It's uh, kids from all the different like middle and high schools. Like it's one from each of these like schools with a theater program, play a different character and do like tech stuff and stuff. It's really fun. It was really nice. Yeah, that's what I saw last. That's awesome. I, I honestly cannot remember the last one I saw. Um, Did you see something? You saw the one in New York, the musical, right? Oh yeah, Come From Away. That may have been the last one I saw. Um, uh, at least the last one I remember seeing because holy shit, was it amazing. And I still haven't watched the movie. Um, 15, uh, what do you think image publisher Eric Stevenson's darkest secret really is? I'm going to say probably that he doesn't read Saga. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that he secretly wants to work for Marvel. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I have no idea. Would it be funny if he's like moved jobs and he's over there now? Um, 16, this is my favorite. Which of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is most assuredly an atheist? Gosh, I just don't know enough about the turtles. You answer. Um, if it's just the turtles, I'm going to say uh, probably Donatello. Um, if it's not where you say Splinter? Yes. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Splinter's a good choice. Um, but that's tough because I feel like he's he would not be that, like, asshole atheist. He'd be like, no, like, we're all just here and we're doing the best we can. So, um, 
Question 17, have we dated? Uh, no, but I mean, I would. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, that's good. I'm going to go with Logan's answer. That's a good answer. <laughs> Uh, 18, would you rather be trapped on the island from Lost with your mom or dad, and why? My dad, because have you met my mom? <laughs> um, this is going on a podcast. I'm sorry. That's terrible. <laughs> yes, but my dad, for sure. Um, yeah, uh, he could I'm start gonna, a fire. That's Yeah, why. I'm going to say my dad, too. Like, I, he's not particularly, like, um, like, woodsy or anything. But I do feel like he would know way more uh, about how to help us live than my mom probably would. Sorry, mom. Um, Let's see. 19. When was the last time you were naked in front of someone in a non-sexual context? A non-sexual context? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if I've gone like a doctor. I mean, for me, I have to be a doctor. Even then, you wear like a thing, like a. Yeah. But I guess you haven't. You expose, but not even then. Like, <laughs> Probably when they ripped all my clothes off in the ER. Naked, <laughs> non-sexual context. Gosh, that's a great question. I don't. Probably when I was a like a kid, kid. Yeah, yeah. You've never had the the <laughs> the experience that I had. <laughs> So, but I wasn't awake for it. So, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, all the hospital. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I've never been, never even had a surgery or anything. So uh-huh. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty boring on the, uh, which is fine. That's a good thing to be. Yeah. Um, question twenty: Are you Banksy? And if so, can we do anything to help? If <laughs> I'm Banksy, I've got myself fooled. So. <laughs> yeah. No. No Banksy here. Uh, 21, who had a greater impact on your upbringing, your favorite librarian, or your favorite coach? I don't have either. I could probably name more coaches than librarians, but I didn't play sports, so I don't, I don't have an answer for that. I only vaguely remember one coach, because I think I did baseball with him, like, in multiple years, like, kid, like, as a kid, kid, elementary school, um, so... Well, no, I'm, I'm going to say coach because of some teachers in high school who were coaches. Um, there's specifically one who cried in love, actually, and I was there when it happened. We weren't seeing the movie together, but he was in the theater and didn't know I was there. And then I anyway, it's a whole thing. But yeah, he and, and yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say coach. But librarians were also a very big part of my life. Every librarian I I vaguely remember, like I remember being afraid of librarians they always seem so mean to me. I have one that was like Santa Claus. Like he literally looked like Santa Claus. And then I had another that she went on our school, not school, but like our class trip to Peru. And like, there was like, I went, dad, did you know I went to Peru? Whoever told you that? No. Nope. Yeah. So in high school, junior year, summer before junior year, I went to uh, Peru, like with my Spanish class. And I had taken at that point, like four semesters which is like four years of spanish and so anyway but she went because her son uh was a anyway it's a whole thing but that librarian went so she was very connected to her but i I hung out in my library a lot in high school like i like ate lunch there and stuff like i didn't eat lunch i would just go there for lunch um and so um yeah i don't know i don't know it's a mix all of my academic people that's my answer my dad and two of my uncles coached baseball but they weren't my coaches 
but obviously those three people had a massive influence on my life. So, uh, yeah. Can I say Dan Reeves? Rest in peace. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, uh, 20... did, I, did I ever tell you I met Dan Reeves? No. I have a picture. My mom has a picture. I don't have the picture. I have a picture and I had an autographed football, which, God, I wish I knew where that football was. Um, but yeah, I met that whole team except for uh, Buttface, who didn't come Did to training have... camp. Jeff George, the quarterback? No, the other guy. Um, it's 98 oh, season. Uh, the running back? Yeah. Who was their big running back that, that year? He was I such a huge deal. Name. And then Michael Vick yeah. sort of took over yeah. all of the. Um, but yeah, he like was negotiating and screwed up training camp. But everybody else I met, and they signed the football. But I have a picture with Dan Reeves anyway. That's awesome. They did training camp up in South Carolina, close to where I lived at the time. So we drove over and saw him one day. Um, and so yeah, anyway, very that nice is so us. cool. Yeah, I can't believe all these years and you've never told me that. I did, I don't know how it's never come up. Truthfully, but <laughs> there you go. Um. Let's see, 22? There's only a few more. Uh, what are you working on these days? Anything creative? Well, there's this podcast, which we're both extremely excited about. Yes. And um, my other podcast over at xwingfiles.com, which are, are, are finally getting back in the habit of doing. I've noticed. I haven't been able to listen yet, but I have noticed. And uh, I'm really, uh, I'm not somebody who's ever really proud of anything that they do. But I'm, I am as proud as I can possibly be for the things I'm writing over at uh, the Movie Isle. Uh, it's movieisle.com. Um, and it, it's a series I'm working on where I go through my brother's uh, DVD and VHS collection and talk about the movies that he had and kind of what they may have meant to me or us or him or it, just stuff like that. So Logan's best work to toot his horn that he will not toot enough uh, is is his best writing work, in my opinion, or written work is is typically when he gets real personal. A lot of people are not good at that because we, I'm including myself in that, get very navel gazy. Um, and and instead, Logan uh, spins a yarn, and you get to enjoy sort of the history of his family and and their connection connection to pop culture because that's a very strong connection. Very cool uh, series that he always sends me before it gets published, and it's always very exciting for me to to get those emails, even though I have kids and it distracts me. But he always reminds me to read it, and I do. They're great. I feel like such a jerk when I do. Uh, it's my favorite. I, you always do it, and ha- somehow, man, it's like magic. You have the perfect time. You'd be like, oh, dude, I got like ten minutes right now. Let's do it. It's <laughs> and so they're fun. never long reads. It's it's usually only about uh, 1,800 words at most. Yeah. So yeah, really minutes. good. Check check those out for sure. I would just say this podcast for sure. I've got some stuff with my work that I'm doing that's really creative, but I can't really. I where I keep those lines pretty clear between here and there. But <laughs> um, but I'm very excited for some stuff I'm creating there. But um. But this outside of that is like really, I'm very excited for this podcast. The next one assumes that we abandoned our creativity, which we did for quite a while. It yeah. just says, wait, why did you abandon it? Um, huh. I, I, life gets in the way. And unfortunately, the more you let it pull you away from doing creative things, it's such a weird dichotomy. Like you want to go, like you want to be involved in all of that life stuff, but like, you uh, for me like i start running it's like my batteries run down and i'm like i'm not doing anything creative and it is 
destroying other parts of my life. I would say that, and not this, obviously, because we just started it and haven't quit it, but, um, which I think you just said, but that's why we quit because I didn't listen to you enough. Um, <laughs> but I would say as a piece of advice to folks out there, um, is cause it's very easy to say because I had kids and, and I'm married and have a job, but it's really, I would say communication is extremely important within your home because you don't have to have someone get what you're doing to support it. Right. Um, and so, so there's really no line for like, like my wife will probably never read saga. Right. But she'll support this podcast as long as I'm like, Hey, this is what I'm doing when I'm doing it. Um, do you have anything going on at that time? Just be open and communication and receive what they're saying, not to make it so that your schedule can magically be the schedule, but so that you can make things work. But then with your creative partners also communicate, say, Hey, this is the expectation that I am setting within my home and our crazy schedule. I need you to respect that or let me know if it's going to change so that we can adjust as well. We got to, we all got to communicate to make things work. And if you don't do that, it will quickly fall apart. And I will say that the, the biggest project I ever quit was a, probably a direct causality of me being like too quiet when I needed to speak up to other folks and finally hitting a limit within my home and within my mental headspace of being like, I can't, get it right and it's just a lack of communication so communicate with your creative partners and that's why i failed or let it fall apart and uh and and why you should not that's my advice so 24 is uh more on this it says relax i'm sure it's great uh listen why not put down this comic and do a little work on your thing right now fortunately we get to do both so. and you know what i did put the comic down we've already talked about it so you're welcome <laughs> 25 uh, is again more on this cool but before you do if you were to be reincarnated as an inanimate object what would it be that's the last question mine's gonna be dirty no I'm just kidding um, <laughs> um, an inanimate I want to be a comic book right like I want to yeah. I think that's my answer a really I, I a was, really good comic book <laughs> no. I was going to get really cheeky and kind of dirty and just be like I kind of want to be the stalks shotgun <laughs> <laughs> um, she's definitely your type um, so, it, it, I, so what's her name from the, the last Mission Impossible movie right like Rebecca she Ferguson is, yes she is the stalk <laughs> oh yeah oh man yeah, that would be great casting. Um, but also, I hope they never make this into a movie um, so or TV show. I'm going to say, I'm going to just tweak my little bit, and I want to be someone's favorite comic book. I don't care which one it is, and I, and I don't mean like a series. I mean like their favorite issue that they have, right? Like I would want to be someone's favorite comic book. I know they'll take care of me, they'll keep me, they'll show me off to people, and, and maybe they'll pass me down for, for their future generations. So I'm going someone's favorite comic book. Um, I'm going to take a, like, kind of similar approach. Um, I would like to be, uh, a, an action figure, like. Fully posable, huh? Yeah. <laughs> In a completely non-dirty way. Um, yeah. like just, uh, you know, like a Buzz Lightyear or, you know, something like that, you know, that just. I don't know. I don't. I got Toy Story on the brain, so um, that seems like a, a good 
a good way to be, I guess, until you're not plugged with anymore. But hopefully you get passed down. So Exactly. No, yeah, that's a great answer. That's a great answer. Do we have any more? No, there are 20, oh. 25 questions. Um, and I, I guess as they come up in the issues, we can just uh, answer them. Because the questions will be, you know, weird like that. You know, the ones you saw are some similar stuff, but some different. So... No, yeah, I love it. I think that's great, and and you took the the thoughts right out of my brain and put them into your brain, into your mouth. So that that's great. I I love that. Um, I, and I look forward to it. That was fun. Very cool. Um, I actually am very pumped to um get. I'm gonna open a pool box again for the first time in ages. Um, I'm gonna put Saga on my my pool list just because I I want the issues since we're doing this and I'm feeling it. Um, but I'm excited for the the next one, and I and I may, uh. I don't know. I'm curious to see what it come, what it looks like now, because the way they, the way that she discussed it then was that they like you can actually rip it out of the comic book and mail it in. And like, I hope they do, and I'm gonna do it. Like, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> You're gonna ruin your book. <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna participate. I'm gonna engage with my medium, and and like I think that sounds super fun, and I'm gonna do it. Um, and I'll probably buy two issues. Come on, and keep one. <laughs> Don't be dumb, Logan, you know, but, but the idea of, of doing that and physically sending it in sounds really fun and I want to do that. Um, and so, um, anyway, so, uh, I have a question for you. All right. So I asked this last time, so I'm asking it again this time. Do you have a favorite page or panel? Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it probably is seeing the stalk and all her horrific glory. Like, it is something, there's something so, like, it, the subversive nature of the introduction, and then, like, I, I'm going to get real, like, dude bro-ish, but, like, oh, it's weird, but kind of sexy, and then, holy <laughs> shit, she has all these weapons, I'm terrified, and, like, I don't, like, it's all these confusing signals in my brain, and, like, it's just my favorite for, like, the fact that, like, it's so, it, it it's so messes with my head in like such a way that very few things can no i like that i think that yeah i have a some i have a corresponding uh favorite um but mine is going to be uh for sure uh the the full page which i guess i'm a sucker for and we're finding out but the full page um uh, of her introduction only because there's nothing in horror that i love more than like a scary hot thing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, like a thing where like, like there's a thing in like movies, like tropes where either like a beautiful man or a beautiful woman lures someone in and all of a sudden like the face reveals and it's like deathly and there's fangs and they're going to eat you or something or like, um, the and, shining, like I we mean, were talking about Stephen King, like the yes. naked woman in the bathroom. You're like, Oh God, this is horrible. Yes. So there's, there's that. So there's like, I think of like how, even like how, like in blade, there's the whole thing where like the hot club people lure the people into the club and then it's yep. like, and so, um, and then there's like this movie, uh, there's this movie called possession. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's a kind of a cult classic, um, that's got Sam Neill in it. Do you know this movie at all? I don't, it's, I don't necessarily recommend it. It's very dark and very, it's all about like, it's all like a metaphor for like bad relationships and like communism. <laughs> so just, <laughs> Put all that together. Um, but there's a lady who, gosh, I, now I can't think of her name. She's a famous, uh, she doesn't have the the score, or the score, huh, the, the what's her name? Isabel Adjani? Adjani? 
pronunciation's tough. She's been in a bunch of stuff that you've probably seen her around in. Um, but she's this beautiful lady, and she's so beautiful, and she's so, like, she, like you just want to help her, and then she's also, like, the scariest thing ever once some secrets are revealed. And, like, I just love that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm just like, yep, maybe that comes from being uh, a teenage boy who uh, was not spoken to about the birds and the bees in the appropriate way at the appropriate time. Um, so everything uh, was scary. Yeah, I'm looking this up. This is a movie from 1981. Yeah, yeah. I bought it like a, a region-free Blu-ray on eBay. That's one of the best-looking sets, but I can't show it. It's funny because if you find the Blu-ray set, the front of it is very like – it's like it's like the stock. Um uh, where it's got like this uh, sculpture uh, arms with no uh, or like body but with no arms and she's like white and pale but then there's like tentacles all around her for hair so do with that what you will <laughs> <laughs> anyway I love the creepy hot thing trope um, and so I think it's a great thing it's also because like it's just so good it's like Hansel and Gretel but for adults and um, and so um I think that's such a, and it's so striking. The whole design is very striking and gothic. The black dress and like the design at her waist and all this stuff, very cool. Um, I feel like Guillermo del Toro probably really loves the stock, um, and so yeah, that that splash <laughs> is my is my favorite of of the uh, of the issue. Runner up is definitely the opening when he's kind of drilling through the red band, but it's only because yeah. of his responding thoughts. But yeah, um, what else you got? Do you have any thoughts? Any lasting thoughts or feelings about issue number two or anything else? Not, I kind of feel bad that we've gone on for damn near an hour and a half. <laughs> talking. Oh, have we really? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess that just goes to show you. So. I think that it, I think survey survey is going to be a thing that does that because the survey had definitely ate up a lot of time. Oh yeah. Um, and so that's kind of fun though. So you can look forward to the extended survey editions. Watch next week be like two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, our excuse this time is, is every third episode we go really long. <laughs> um. But no, this is I've, uh, th- th- this is great. I I am very excited about this podcast. Still, uh, the moment I stop saying that, just know that I hate it and I want to quit. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, so this is this is great uh, issue number two. I'm excited. We're in uh, regular length issues. Looking forward to seeing more about the horrors uh, next week. Um, and uh, so if you're reading along, read issue uh, number three before we come back next week. And it sounds like, Logan, you know where all we are, that people can find us. Where can people find our podcast now? We're like all over the place. We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, and we're on Google Podcasts for sure. Um, I think I, I submitted this to Amazon. They have a weird submission process, but I don't know that anybody uses Amazon all that much. But the yeah. three prominent places – like if you have an Android, uh, Google Podcast definitely, um, and anybody can be on. Uh, um, I said Stitcher, I meant Spotify. Um, anybody Stitcher's can, the one I couldn't remember the other day. Yeah, uh, Stitcher's tough, um, but uh, Spotify you can search for us. We don't show up in the search though, uh, okay. just yet. So it could take a while. Hopefully, by the time this is up we do show up in the search. So I know they said it can take a while for you to be, I guess, in their algorithm. Yeah. But uh, we are there. The links should be on the page at uh, xwinfiles.com. So uh, if you go there and just uh, find the post for any of our episodes, you should be able to click on that and subscribe. So uh, do that. And then rate and review us, uh, please. 
Um, we don't have any yet, but, uh, you know, we would love a, a review as long as it's not negative. <laughs> it's, my favorite rule from the podcast Fighting in the War Room is you can leave a terrible review if you want to as long as it's five stars. Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so we're going to steal that. Thanks to that crew for this idea. But yeah, feel free. If you want to dog us, just give us that five stars. We appreciate it. Um, <laughs> five stars. This is the worst. <laughs> You can find me if you want to chat on uh, on Twitter. I'm at Film Dispenser, like a Pez dispenser, but for movies. So Film Dispenser. Um, and of course, uh, we said this last week, we don't have an email for this uh, podcast um, at the moment, but you feel free. My DMs are open if you have any questions that you don't want to uh, put out in the ether. And of course, I'm not reading ahead. Logan is uh, fully knowledgeable, but I'm not reading ahead. So please try not to spoil it for me. Um, if you do, then you do. And I'll, I'll be like, man... But at the same time, we're going to get caught up, and and uh, even if I somehow got spoiled, it's all about the journey anyway. So, um, but yeah, That's so such reach a out. lost thing to say. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 stolen from Joanna Robinson in a mm. big way. Um, but 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 yeah. So um, plus, like I read this thing like a lot of not a lot, but I read some of this years ago, and I can't remember half of it. So who knows if you spoil something far enough in advance, I'll forget. Um, so anyway, yeah, feel free to reach out there. Um, and and check us out uh, on all those platforms. Watch, listen to us once on each platform every week. That would be the best. We would just love that. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Um, this has been a, a pleasure to talk about Saga once again. I'm looking forward to um, uh, issue three, and I think that we're going to have to decide maybe in about two weeks what we're going to do in our break between issues six and seven. Um, yep. So we're going we're gonna to decide that soon. I know that we both talked about uh, The Oath, the Doctor Strange book, um, and then we've also – you've mentioned Private Eye, which I've now that you mentioned is Eye Patch. I'm like, Private Eye, I really want to read that. That's such a cool-looking book. Um, so um, – We'll have to decide in a few weeks. If you're out there listening and there's something you would like us to talk about in between, feel free to, to voice your opinion. Uh, chances are we will give you what you want. <laughs> so, <Yep. laughs> um, but so let us know. Um, but either way, we'll be back every week talking about uh, Saga by Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. Uh, this is Brian K. Pod, episode two, issue two, volume three. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Have a great week. Bye, everybody. And we'll ride it long enough if they let you. This is a family matter. The casualties after the intergalactic battles. This little child slept through. If life is a story, then mine is a saga. And we'll ride it long enough if they let you. And we'll ride it long enough if they let you. And we'll ride it long enough if they let you. too late well you don't like those kind of jokes anyway um yeah but it would have been funny to put on the internet i would have been so annoyed <laughs> the one podcast flex i've made in years and you put that kind of joke out there <laughs> i'm bagging one comic book and then i'm then i'm done and no no more noise i'm still in the condensing uh redistribution of good bags and boards from <laughs> Terrible comic books to good comic books. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, most of the mainstream crap I've bought over the last few years, either from myself or off my my buddy, um, slash boss. I don't know what to call him. Um, he's not my boss anymore, actually. So, yeah, from my buddy. Um, Your dealer. My dealer. He just sells me 300 comic books for 100 bucks. 
uh, actually more than that typically. And last time he just gave me a long box. He was just like, look, I just need it out of my house. <laughs> but then the problem is it's all DC Why doesn't stuff. he do digital? Because he's, he's old school. He likes physical. He won't do digital books either. He reads like so much, not just comic books, but he reads like novels pretty um, – Wow, what's the right word here? Very, very often, and like he's always reading through books, but he refuses to buy the um, the digital. He has to do like physical, turn the page. That's how I get like a lot of my Star Wars books. I'll go and splits with him, and like he'll he'll buy it from wherever. He'll find the cheapest deal, and then I'll give him ten bucks or whatever. But that just means I'll get the hardback whenever he's done with it. Um, so I pay ten bucks for the hardback books, and he reads them relatively fast, so I get them pretty quickly. Um, and it's I mean, all good. Yeah. At, beat that <laughs> oh no no no! it's a totally good deal i got like a bunch of i got the entire christopher priest black panther run there's like four big volumes yeah. um paperback it's volumes we, series. yeah it's very good we we split the cost on that 50 50 so i basically bought two books got two books um that's, and it, yeah it, that's crazy <laughs> but he doesn't want to keep them he wants to read them and then he doesn't want to keep them so i just like i'm like he gets them first and then he just passes them passes them on to me and then he's one of those people who i'd say 99 percent of the time or at least the majority of what i've looked through you can't tell that he's read anything like it's so like he takes such good care of what he's reading yeah like you like i don't actually know that this was pre-owned um and so occasionally a paperback book like uh like the expanse tv shows like the book series that the show's based on those books are like phone books they're huge paperbacks so those you can kind of tell but otherwise you can never tell that he's really read anything um except for them incessantly texting you going have you read it yet i want to talk about it <laughs> <laughs> i need a friend like that <laughs> you won't read books um I, so I'm, I'm trying to get back into reading but it's different like i've found i've I don't want to like breeze through books anymore. Like last year I read literally all year, two books and I was mm -hmm. reading consistently, but I was only reading five, six pages at a time, like mm -hmm. a day. And I really enjoyed it more than like, I'm going to make myself read a chapter. Like I'd read until I got to like a, fairly obvious stopping point and mm -hmm. then i just put it down and wait till the next day it was like watching or it was like little mini soap operas you know like yeah. i was more excited to read than i would be like okay i want to read more but god man i don't want to like it's going to be 45 minutes to read a chapter i don't really have that so it's funny. I got. Um, I was doing it in the app on my phone, but I was tired of looking at my phone because my screen time report every week just made me depressed, even though I was reading. Um, so I got like a paper white Kindle, which I had for a long time when Ezra was born, because um, it was just easier to read in bed and not wake up like Katie or wake up Ezra who was in the bassinet, you know. Um, and then I got. I gave to my cousin um in atlanta she she needed one for a road trip where they were unplugging for a while but she wanted to read some books so i mailed it to her because i was done i hadn't i've been using physical books but i'm back on the kindle because you can hook your library card to it and i can check books out from the library like digital editions yeah 
And so I've got books on my bookshelf that I've been meaning to read. Like I just read Alice in Wonderland for the first time um, a few months ago for uh, in prep for the Matrix movie, just sort of reading a few things that inspired that series that I'd never read. And I just checked it out on my Kindle. Like I have it on my bookshelf, but it was easier like at night when the baby was asleep and Katie was asleep and like turning on my light and hoping I don't wake anyone and maybe making the noise of dropping a book off the bed. You know what I'm like? It's just like little yep. and it Anyway, so I read it on my Kindle, and so I've been using uh, it to read the stuff that's on my bookshelf um, that I've been meaning to get to. It's been really cool. Anyway, this is this is is this the podcast? This isn't the podcast. Cut it, <laughs> cut it, edit it, roll I, it. I started reading Doctor Sleep yesterday, and I'm really excited about that because I I enjoyed the movie. I did too. That was my question. I really enjoyed the movie. That's cool. Stephen King in years. Um, it's it sounds so like uh, snootish, uh, but really, I found most of the time he's the only author that I really, really enjoy. Yeah, like I've I've got tons of books, and I'll pick one up and read like a chapter. And I'm like, I'm I'm not into this at all, and. I didn't want to read Dr. Sleep. I wanted to keep going with the Gunslinger series, mm-hmm. but I can't find the other two books that I bought. They're in the storage unit somewhere, I guess. And I was like, well, Dr. Sleep is sitting here. And I picked it up yesterday and I read like 12 pages and I was like, I'm so excited to read this. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Very cool. Um, I, um, that's great. I, I, it's something about reading me and, and it's just, it's, it's such a good thing. And I feel like it's a, it's, it's a losing art in some ways, sort of like watching movies. And um, and so uh, I'm, I'm glad you're doing it and making Ezra a reader. We've read like a bunch of Roald Dahl books over the last few months. It's been really fun. That's so great. And you're right. He is so smart, man. And watching Iron Man, I just was like, I almost fell off the couch when he goes, Ooh, he's like whatever he said. He said, "Does he know the?" And he said it almost exactly like the line is that Tony says. Do you think he solved the? I bet he didn't solve the freezing problem or the ice problem. Or I think it's the freezing problem. And uh, and then literally a split second later, Tony says it, and Ezra looks at me like like um, Aziz on Parks and Rec. He's just like, "Ha! Ah, I figured it out." <laughs> and then he donks him on the head. I don't know if you're. I don't know when the last time much Iron Man was, but then Tony like donks him on the head like. Because he's got like it's all yeah. frozen, and, he fought, and Ezra was just like loving it. He, like he predicted the whole thing. So that's, anyway, that's so great. I don't. I, I would have never thought. Like I've seen that movie so many times. I'm like, oh yeah, that's how he stopped him. <laughs> like, yeah, it, I mean, I literally occurred like, to me. I mean, I totally like I remember it, but I also remember like being excited, like what's going to happen as they like I remember thinking, oh, they're going to go into space. That would be awesome. Um, And and like I just never it never it never happened. Then Ezra just was like, but the best thing is, is he doesn't feel or he doesn't seem to express like know it all ishness with it. He's just excited in it. You know what I mean? (laughs) I can't wait till he's old enough. Well, assuming M. Night Shyamalan keeps making movies, he's old enough to go to those movies with you, and he just leans over in the movie and spoils it for you every single time. <laughs> well, we are teaching him. We are teaching him about that too. So I don't think you will, because we were definitely talking about like, don't tell someone. He's very good at like he didn't ruin Santa for anyone in kindergarten this year. 
Um, like he's really good. Like if he understands the what's what's the polite way to do things, and so he gets it's not polite to tell the end of things. So like when he watches stuff with his grandmother, he doesn't quote. I don't like to say spoil, but he doesn't like tell the story before the story can tell her. Is kind of how we put it. Um, instead of like I don't want to make him obsessed with spoilers because spoiler culture is a yeah. turd. It's getting to be a little toxic. Yeah. So. so so that's that's kind of what we say is like we don't tell the story before the story tells the story. Um and and he likes that. So mm. anyway. Y'all are good parents. Which is wow. a good place to jump into saga. <laughs> All right. So um so I'll do our welcome and um are we in the podcast? What do you think? Um, no, I can cut all this out. I might like dump it at the end after the music. <laughs> so, like, there's uh, a little that bonus. Oh, I like that. I like the I like the bonus at the end. That's cool. It's like our uh, after credit scene. All right, cool. Well, I will uh, pause and then I'll bring us in. All right.